It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Pressure, throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. High pass. Did Williams make that catch? My goodness. For a first down, Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. <laughs> Keenan Allen for the touchdowns. Throws, and again, it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another oh. one. Watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of you on national television? You're listening to the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. Welcome back, Zachy Zach. Chargers get a a big win on Monday Night Football against a a really good defense, maybe an offense that's not quite as good, but that's two back-to-back blowouts, and I think this game, in my opinion, was way more impressive than the Bears game. Yeah, um, you know, thoroughly impressed. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert and the offense didn't have to do much, but that's because, you know, the special teams and the defense came through in, in a really dominant way. Um, defensively, I thought this was our best game. Um, we were talking about it last year. We were going to need some help from the defensive unit. We were talking about a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown was the key to getting us a victory. What does Darius Davis do on just our first possession of the game? Takes it 87 yards to the house. First touchdown uh, punt return we've had since 2019. Um, and, and, I mean, that special team, that defense really carried us. So what a way to set the tone, get back onto, you know, the winning trajectory um, and right into a really tough matchup against the T- Detroit Lions this week. You know, I feel like everybody is, like, downplaying the Chargers beating the Jets, right? Everyone's saying, oh, you know, the Jets' offense is terrible. Zach Wilson is terrible. This is a team that beat the Bills in week one without Aaron Rodgers. This is a team that took the Chiefs to a three-point game without Aaron Rodgers. This is a team that beat the Eagles. They're a team that put up 31 points against the Broncos, came back from behind win against the Giants, like, I, I'm so tired of everybody downplaying that the Chargers like defensively found a way to win this game. I don't care how you win, right? This game, it happened to be special teams. It happened to be sacks on sacks on sacks. And it happened to be finding a way to win just when you need to. Not turning the ball offensively over and just playing good enough to win by three touchdowns. And everyone's forgetting about this. Like, the Chargers scored three touchdowns against a really good Jets defense, scored, sorry, beat them by three touchdowns against a really good defense. So, like, stop downplaying it. Like, this was a blowout win against a really good defense and a good enough offense that's getting them into games. They're they're beating good teams. So I'm tired of hearing about it or seeing it. I'm just tired of it. I'm not down with the excuses either. Um, you know, coming into this game, we're, we're media's all on New York. Oh, watch out. This is a playoff team potential. They have a, a defense to carry them there. Uh, elite defense is, is going to carry you far. And, and in every facet of the word, the Jets defense is elite from top from every position on, on that r- roster defensively. They're good. Um, and I think they're, they're 
offense is, you know, is not elite by any means, but it's good enough when you have an, a defense like that, when you only have to score 21 points to be in any game, um, you got a good t- football team. Now, all of those teams that you mentioned, playing the Chiefs to the wire, beating the Bills, beating the Eagles, both all of those elite quarterbacks threw two or more picks against that defense. Um, none of those teams were able to score more than two touchdowns, and, and we were able to do so. Um, with that, I, I know Justin Herbert had a tough game throwing the ball. Uh, let me pull up his, his stat line. Um, so he was 16 for 30, 136 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He took five sacks. Yeah. He was pressured quite a bit. And it wasn't all blitz packages. It was just the 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 Jets defense just being better on the offense on the defensive line than the Chargers were on the offensive line. No, and 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 all I wanted to say was, yeah, statistically, not very impressive game. We know what Justin Herbert can do. Um, what I did want to highlight was his ability to not turn the ball over, which I think is a major strength of this team so far this year. He had some that he could have forced um, that we saw Mahomes, uh, Hurts, uh, Josh Allen make and turn the ball over. He did not do that when it wasn't there. He didn't force it. He was able to punt to the next play, and that kept us in the game. I don't think that part of his performance should be overlooked as much as it, it, it has been. So I recently got a new truck. I've been listening to Sirius Radio because they put it in, you know, in everything. <laughs> yeah, so I've been listening to a lot of talk radio, right? And one of the statistics that popped out to me today that I was listening to, Justin Herbert is 20 and 20 and six when he doesn't throw any interceptions in a game. He is 20, he is six and 22 when he throws multiple interceptions. Hmm. You just need to just not turn the ball over and Justin Herbert's winning games, right? I don't care if he doesn't throw a single pass in a game, as long as it doesn't lead to turnovers. And what's the most impressive thing to me, this was a really good Jets defense. They finished with 36 pressures. The Chargers had 41. They had five sacks. We had eight. We had the better defense because if you look offensively, like the the Jets offensive line and the Chargers offensive line just aren't producing at the same level. Right. Like they're, they're, they're both offensive lines are struggling this season. But what this said to me is that defense was better than their defense. And that's how we won the game. We won this game on turnovers and special teams and just getting pressure on the quarterback, regardless of if it's Zach Wilson or Justin Herbert. We came out there and we dominated defensively in a way that, that the Jets couldn't overcome defensively. And that's such a huge part of the win was. The, the Chargers did just enough what they need to do on offense to get to, to turn turnovers into points, whether that was three, whether that was six. We were scoring points off of our turnovers, and our defense was better when they needed to be than the Jets were. You, you got to be opportunistic, and I think what we did well, um, yeah, we weren't moving the ball very well. Um, when we were pinned deep, we, we it was almost a – you, you knew it was going to be a punt eventually. But with that awesome defense, being able to turn the, the Jets over as much as we did, flipping that field position, giving the offense short fields to work with, our red zone offense has been tremendous so far this year. Austin Eckler had another down game. I want to say, like, overall, probably one of the worst uh, um, Austin Eckler performances we've seen in a, in a while, just as far as, like, productivity. But – he had two touchdowns and they, he was essential to those goal line drives. You, if we settle for field goals in that game, this is a whole different ball game. And then I'll let you talk about it, but Keenan Allen finished eight for 77 yards and, and gets an, an enormous career milestone. Talk a little bit about the catch because, oh man, that was beautiful. And talk a little bit about what that means to this franchise, to the player, and to just the history books. No, um, this is an a, a, a com- amazing accomplishment, and what a, a amazing person um, beyond just a great football player to to have that happen to Keenan Allen. Now over the ten thousand career receiving mark, the second best receiver in franchise history, behind only Antonio Gates. Um, that's great company to be with, and he deserves all the praise that he's getting. 
finished the game for eight catches, 77 yards, no catch more highlight worthy than the one he set the record on, which Justin Herbert has, has had some struggles with that sideline pass, you know, from 15 to 25 yards. He, he's not throwing that pass accurately. And this should have been a give me type of completion because Keenan Allen was wide open credit to, you know, his route running acumen should have been an easy pitch and catch. It was not because of the ball placement. And what does Keenan Allen do? He turns into Neo from the matrix, makes a crazy one-handed catch, secures that football wrote 10,000 yards on it. And you know, the history is made, but also want to highlight uh, Justin Herbert, not a great game, but the quickest quarterback in the history of the NFL to uh, have 1500 completions. Um, I think about six games faster than both uh, Mahomes and Stafford, who are number two on that list. And then just talking more about Keenan Allen. So Keenan Allen currently ranks, ranks 54th in NFL history for most receiving yards. He I is the, the 54th player to eclipse over 10,000 yards. He's right in the same realm as uh, Shannon Sharp, Donald Driver, Devontae Adams, who's still playing, and he's going to catch Lance Allworth. Now, Lance Allworth didn't go over 10,000 yards with just the Chargers. He ended up having a, a year or two with the Raiders as well. But he's mm-hmm. he's going to finish this season in the top 50. And he's got a couple years left under his belt. I want to see him catch Antonio Gates at 11,800. He's 1,800 yards away. Has a real good opportunity to do it next season. We're at the halfway mark this year. Yeah. Let's assume that he gets himself another 400 yards. And then next season, he needs another 1,400. And he's the Chargers' all-time leading wide receiver, regardless of position. So, I mean, he's he's climbing up these record books. He's 31 years old. And if you think about like some of the greats that that have you know had those long careers and and have gone over ten thousand yards, uh, I'm thinking like off the top of my head, Jerry Rice played till he was like forty one, and yeah. in his late thirties was going for over a thousand yards. One of our own guys, Charlie Joyner, isn't up there right now. His his jersey's up there somewhere, but you know his most his best years were you know thirty four, thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven years old. There's still a lot of room, especially the way Keenan Allen plays, to still have a really long career. He could still have five years easily because he's not doing it deep down the field. He's always made his money as a route runner, as a guy who's just able to, to view the, the gaps in the coverage. Like I feel like with how he's playing at 31 years old, I, I feel like he's as good as he's ever been throughout his entire career. And that's saying a lot for a guy who just hit 10,000 yards and isn't on the decline. No, I think, you know, he could play as long as he really wants to be, be because of his skill set. It's not something that's going to deteriorate as he gets older because it's not his game is not built on, you know, a, a elite athleticism. You know, he kind of reminds me of, you know, a spot, a spot up jump shooter in, in, in NBA. Like how long did Ray Allen play for way past his prime because he could just knock down shots. I, I think we're going to see something similar with Steph Curry whenever he stops getting that athleticism and able to just dominate games he could play till he's 60 if he wants us as a spot up jump shooter and i think it's a different sport but based off of he's he wins off of smarts and football knowledge that's not going to go anywhere um you know protecting his head um so you know keenan allen it, it that's his record to break and i'm excited to you know to see him break that because 1400 yards that's just a season and a half for slayer yeah, and I'm I'm stoked to just see him continue to rise in these record books, chasing Antonio Gates. It doesn't mean anything without like wins during the season. I know the individual accolades are they're great to, to see and all of that, but I mean he wants to win. And I just I just man, if he goes anywhere next season, dude, I'm gonna be so sad because he's been such the heart and soul of this one of one of two remaining San Diego Chargers, Joey Bosa being the other one. And with the way he's playing, I just don't know how the Chargers could ever see him play in another uniform throughout the rest of his career. So no, really want to give him the, the love. He was the only guy that was really productive on the offensive side of the ball for the Chargers against the Jets. Um, no other player had over 23 yards receiving. Austin Eckler was largely ineffective on the ground. Joshua Kelly has been kind of schemed out of the game plan recent weeks, trying to get yeah. Eckler going again. And then Justin Herbert just didn't have a great game, but he didn't have a bad game. He just didn't explode off the stat sheet like we're used to seeing. Chargers did just enough on offense to turn points on to turn 
defensive turnovers into points. And, you know, it led into another blowout win, a much more impressive win than what was done against the Bears. Go ahead and talk a little bit about this this pass rush, though, man, because I, I feel like that's something else that's like super impactful over the back-to-back weeks and really a large part of the season so far. Yeah, um, the, this pass rush these last couple of games have absolutely carried us, and they're absolutely then they're setting the tone, and it's contagious when those guys get after the passer. The second and the third level are feasting as well, and so I, I love this get back to having fun. The committee celebration was in full effect. How many uh, awesome de- uh, defensive celebrations did we see this past week? I, I loved all of that. Um, going back to the sack package. 40 snaps that Thule, Mac, and Bosa have been on the field together. They are now up to 10 sacks uh, when they're all three on the field together. 25% clip. The league average is 6.8% uh, 6.8% sacks to, to dropbacks. Um, that's elite production. And this is a fun unit that is only getting better. Um, Joey was really pissing me off at the beginning of the game. He had that... Uh, hit uh, on the quarterback, which was so boneheaded. Um, later, he had a an offsides that got that wasn't called. But and at that moment, I was I was upset with Joey. I was like, dude, you need to start making some plays. Um, and he listened. He, I think, had two and a half sacks, I think, tied for the most of his career. Um, I think Mac had two, Thule had two, and they were just absolutely racing to the quarterback. Nobody wanted to be left out. Um, we finished with eight sacks on the day. Um, 57 yards lost on those sacks, tremendous production, and it, it, it is contagious. It is absolutely a major factor for why this defense has completely um, took a, a complete 180 from, you know, three weeks ago. So something else I was, I was taking a look at, I was listening to on, um, you know, talk radio on, on um, uh, the, I forget what Serious. it's called. Serious radio. So, no team has more sacks on third down than the Chargers, mm-hmm. and they're getting a sack on 25% of their third downs when Mac, Bosa, and Thule are on the field together. So, I mean, that's a that's nearly a flip of the coin. I mean, that is outstanding that we're, we're getting to the quarterback at that rate. We are currently third in total sacks this season with 31 trailing the Chiefs and the Ravens, both of which have an extra game on us. The, the, the pass rush is really just leading this team like our and we're doing it through stunts and twists. And that's been the primary way we've been getting to the quarterback. And it creates a lot of confusion up front. The chargers strength of this defense has been in their ability to get pressure on the quarterback and force him into bad decisions. It's not quite turning into quite as many um, interceptions as we like, but it's leading to a hell of a lot of forced fumbles so far. We've got seven this season. We've got six interceptions and then talk about, Joey Bosa, like really coming alive. He had three sacks on his own. One of those being the, the strip sack between mm-hmm. him and Khalil Mack. I don't think there's a better duo at getting strip sacks in the entire NFL. I know Khalil Mack is in, in that kind of that realm of just those guys who just have really shined throughout their entire career at forcing um, force fumbles out of the, the most of act, any active player right now. The most of any active player and Joey Bosa healthy. I mean, we, this is this, I don't think we expected the pass rush to be quite as good as it has without Thule. Yeah. Well, this is what kind of what we, and it, a lot of credit goes to Thule, but just the resilience of Joey and, and Khalil, you know, this was kind of what we were envisioning when the Khalil signing of the Khalil signing happened. Um, we were waiting for this. And as Charger fans, it is so exciting to finally see, you know, these expectations come into fruition. And I want to put a lot of credit to Joey Bosa's offseason, a way he attacked the offseason, bulking up, going back to his true D-end ways. And what are we seeing? We're seeing him being able to win with the bull rush, win with a variety of moves, and he's strong. What about that sack where he was getting, it should have been an illegal hands to the face, but he fights through him, just grabs a hold of Zach Wilson's jersey and says, no, end of play, and just throws him to the ground. That's all, I think, strength. And I don't think he's able to make that play, you know, last season where, you know, when we had him all slimmed down. Um, so 
credit to Joey Bosa getting back to the weight room, attacking the offseason relentlessly. And now it's coming to, you know, his efforts are, are now following through for him. And it's great to see as a Charger fan. Um, and Thule is just starting. This is just the tip of the iceberg for the potential of these three uh, pass rushers. Uh, go ahead and talk to me a little bit about um, Aloy Gilman, kind of how hmm. impressive this – nobody expected Gilman – I felt like everybody thought Gilman was going to be the weak link on this defense, and I yeah. feel like he's been the best player for us, best secondary player for us when he's been healthy. Like, he's making plays all over the field. Like, talk talk a little bit yeah. about Aloy. He, that and we've absolutely needed this um emergence you know safety w- was looking like a weak point just because of just the lack of snaps from that unit you know behind derwin james but a, a big energy guy uh, a great locker room presence one of the first guys i see celebrating and he just had a phenomenal day what an energy setter um and it's something i saw he started it with that big hit over the middle uh, to, you know, for his first pass breakup. And that kind of just transcended throughout the rest of the game. I thought I saw some of the most solid tackling performance from a Chargers defense uh, that I could remember. Hard hits, tackling the right way, wrapping up, not letting guys go, rallying to the ball carrier. All of that, I think, has a lot to do with how Louis Gilman does attacks the game because that's how he plays he is 150 percent balls to the wall kind of guy and that's contagious i i love Lowy's play so far he's been a, a one of the biggest um you know surprises he's yeah, been he, such a riser but he's been such a surprise like i don't think like i felt like he played well last year backing up nasir adderley this year he's taken that his game to a whole new level better than nasir adderley was it forever for us well, and it's like when you see these types of, you know, making these major leaps from one year to the next year, you, you usually have seen some flashes of it. I'm not saying low was bad in any means, super consistent, but I didn't really, you know, see anything from him that made me think, oh, yeah, he's going to be a legitimate every down starter in this league. And I'm very thankful that we were able to throw him into this role because he is an absolute game changer back there. And I, I've loved what I've seen from 32. Take what you want from, from PFF grades, but he is currently graded as the Chargers' second best player on defense. That's saying quite a bit for a guy that is, he's kind of small. He's not a big guy, but he's just so instinctive. He doesn't miss tackles. Even like the way that he, he had that pass break up the big hit, right? playing the ball, which is why it wasn't flagged, right? Like yeah. there was definitely contact. That was a defensive list player, but because he's going for it and playing the ball, I said on Twitter a few weeks ago, I was like, the NFL needs to change the defensive list player for what it is. You have to play the ball and you cannot hit a defensive list player until after they've turned into a runner. Cause that's what, what it is, right? You have to play the ball. They completely taken out the knockout shots. You just can't do it unless you're playing the ball. And that's such a, a big aspect of why that wasn't flagged. And then he also had the scoop in almost score, which was yeah. huge. He's playing lights out all over the field. I've just, I'm really, really thankful that he has gotten this opportunity. I mean, he, the Lowy crew, they, they've been screaming loud. I mean, wow. What, what a great story to see a guy drafted in the sixth round, become a starter in the NFL and become really what's borderline elite. That's what he is. He's borderline elite. I'd say he's even having a better season than Derwin James is this year. I mean, consistently, he's always around the ball. I, I'd say Derwin's had some not so great games, if if, if borderline bad games. Lloyd has been great, if not exceptional, every game of, of the year so far, and, and we're eight weeks in. So credit to him. He's doing a phenomenal job. I do also want to shout out the run defense as a whole, uh, another big part of these last two wins, um, 20 attempts for a New York rushing attack, which is a good unit led by Brees Hall, 20 attempts, 64 yards, 3.2 yards a carry. That is phenomenal improvement from 
these Brandon Staley run defenses that we've seen uh, in his first couple of seasons as a charger. And I think a lot of that goes back to what are we doing well again? We're playing with energy. We're playing together and we're playing for one another. And, and that's a, a tough uh, recipe to kind of overcome if you're an opposing offense. The Chargers also had three forced fumbles. Aloe Gilman, Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack all got in on the quarterback. Uh, sorry, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack got in on the quarterback, forced those strip sacks, and then Aloe Gilman making making the the, the jarring hit. Um, no, no interceptions, but I mean, I'll take turnovers any way I can get them. Moving back to the offensive side of the ball, we need to get this run team game going. Uh, and I, I, I'm using this kind of as a segue into the Lions game. Got to get the run game going. Uh, sorry. I also got to bring up the Darius Davis yeah. punt return touchdown. First one since 2017 with Desmond King or 2019, maybe. 2019. Um, man, so fast. They actually, um, again, talk radio. They're talking about him having a 0.06% chance of making that return, but the vision is there. He makes a nice quick cut, and he's gone. Broken nice actually, tackle. shout out to Chargers chat on that stat. That was actually Chargers chat. Go ahead. Give me your final thoughts on this game, and then we'll go ahead and move over to the Lions. Yeah. Um, last two guys I wanted to shout out, we, we – I think everybody else who deserved a, a highlight was shouted out. Um, want to shout out our, our specialists on special teams. I thought Jake, uh, what is our punter's name? Um, I thought JK, JK Scott. Scott had a, a, a nice bounce back game from from last year where I or last game which he wasn't punting well. And then Cameron Dicker, three for three, a fifty five yarder again. This guy has become automatic when you get with, with you know inside fifty yarders. Um, that is a a tremendous. Uh, weapon to have that Chargers teams in pass have not um, a great thing to be, lean on, especially moving forward into a, a tough part of our schedule. Got a lot of playoff teams coming up, one of them being the Detroit Lions. And man, this is going to be a great test for this really hot defense. Uh, moving on to this Lions game, this is going to be a real challenge for them. The Lions are currently sitting at six and two. Jared Goff is playing as good as any quarterback in the NFL right now. He's got 12 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's completing 68% of his passes. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot, and their offensive line is really, really good, and they've got a ton of playmakers pretty much everywhere. Jamari Gibbs has, has been playing exceptionally well. He and the tandem with him and um, David Montgomery, It's they've got the power back in David Montgomery, and they got the gadget player in Jamari Gibbs. Kind of reminds me back the old days when we had Melvin Gordon and Austin yeah. Eckler feeding off of each other. They also got some really good pass catchers. Amon Ra St. Brown is leading the team in targets. He's got 57 receptions, 665 yards on 78 targets, three touchdowns. And then the rookie Sam Laporta as a tight end has been outstanding. Jameson Williams has gotten back from his suspension. Not a big part of their offense just yet. He has just 15 targets, six receptions. But that guy's dangerously fast. He was one of our favorite guys coming out of the draft just for his yeah. smooth route running, his speed, his his size. Um, this team is in no shortage of, of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. So the only reason I believe Jared Goff is excelling is because he's just got so many options, so many ways to beat you. So talk a little bit about this, this offense. Take a look across yeah. their depth chart and tell me, what are you most worried about when it comes to this team offensively? Yeah, Um all good questions. Um, first of all, I think the first thing that I, I see when I'm looking at this Detroit offense is just how well-rounded they are. There's not a, a, a weakness on this team. Offensive line, quarterback is strong. They got skill players, and they're deep at all skill uh, positions. Um, second in yards per game. The only, One of two teams that are top six in, in rushing yards per game and passing yards per game. That gives you that, you know um, – Ability to keep defenses on their toes. They're fifth in sacks per game, a top 10 scoring team. Um, what really scares me, you, you know, you, you you shout it out to how well um, Jared Goff is playing. Fifth in the league right now with 271 yards a game. Um, tied for second with 35 completions of over 20 yards. And, and that's what scares me. So far this year, 
Chargers pass defense has been susceptible to the big plays. And we're going into one of the best guys um, doing that right now in Jared Goff. 35 passes of 20 uh, yards or more, fifth best in the league. With that, Amon St. Ra has been one of his favorite deep targets. Three straight 100-yard games, uh, 31 receptions for 334 yards and a touchdown These just these last three games. We have seen when we get a red-hot receiver this so far this year, it has torn up this pass defense, especially when they are have the ability to get those chunk 20, 30-yard receptions. We are going to need to be locked in on the sun god. Um, he cannot be finishing with his fourth straight 100-yard game. I'm all focusing on that, and I, I'm going to desperately try to have Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams, and Sam Laporta have to carry the workload. Also, they're getting David Montgomery back, who's been out for um, rib injury for two years. They got Jameer Gibbs backing him up. But this is a well-rounded offense that is getting one of their skill guys back. Um who kind of really compliments Jameer Gibbs well as a more of a power guy. This team is scary, dude. They, they got a lot of pieces, and um, this defense is going to have its work cut out for them Sunday. I feel like both teams are relatively healthy. Only two players are currently on the Chargers injury report. Joey Bosa popped up yesterday. Today, he did not practice, just an illness. Probably going to be good to go by Sunday. And then Justin Herbert, who's got the middle finger. So Chargers are relatively healthy. You take out the fact that we just put Josh Palmer on IR, which kind of surprising considering he finished yeah. the game. I feel like uh, they just felt like they were getting enough guys back where they can go ahead, put him on IR, get him healthy, and get him back for, for uh, the important at part of the season. For the Detroit Lions, um, only two players are uh, did not practice. Everybody else was a full participant or limited participant. Uh, Levi, Levi Ouzurike who's their defensive tackles, dealing with a hip injury. And then Hala... 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 Vati Vaitai. Say that again? I'm really impressed. Hala Vati Vaitai. I don't know, but I'm going with that. If you say it confident, everyone, anyone, you can you can get away with anything. <laughs> He's their guard. He's their backup guard. Probably not a guy that's super important for them. Uh, the other players that are dealing with some injuries, Donovan People-Jones, their primary... Uh, one of their primary returners, I think Jamari Gibbs should be their 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 most dynamic returner for sure, just for the speed aspect that he brings to it. Uh, Dan Skipper, offensive tackle, not a starter. Khalil Dorsey, defensive back, not a starter. He was a full participant. Uh, Jonah Jackson is a starter. David Montgomery is going to be returning from his rib injury. And then Frank Ragnall. So they've got some, some injuries, maybe some guys not 100%, but for the most part, they, if they're not at full strength, they're 95% of the way there. Um, I think when it comes to like the Chargers, they're a little more banged up when you consider who's on IR, right? Josh Palmer's on IR. Mike Williams is on IR. Granted, I think we have the depth at wide receiver to overcome that. I really like the threat that Darius Davis has become, not only as a returner, but as a gadget player. Um, and then we haven't even been able to unlock Jalen Guyton because he's only been back one week. We're yeah. getting our rookie back involved. In the grand scheme of things, the, the Chargers have enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball to really get – if, if it, this turns out to be a track match, they, they can run just as fast with these guys. Um, I think that the players are there. Um, really interesting just kind of how this this game – the Lions can really score a lot of points in a, in a, in a hurry, uh, and they don't really need to rely on any one player to do it. They – they want to ground and pound you. David Montgomery is going to be that guy to just take those 20 carries and really grind out three, four yards per carry and just keep the chains alive, really milk the clock. Or they got their home run hitters. I mean, we already know about what Jamari Gibbs does as, as that dynamic threat out of the backfield, catches passes out of the backfield, super shifty, super fast. I want to talk a little bit about Amon Ross St. Brown more in depth because I just still don't think he's getting the credit he deserves really reminds me in terms of just his position, the way he plays it, as Keenan Allen, a much younger version of that. Um, kind of talk a little bit more about the offense and just kind of close it out. What are your, yeah. your biggest threats when it comes to this? And, and how do you beat this team if you're the Chargers defense? Yeah, um, I think it's going to come down to – We've got two teams who are very, very well, are very good at protecting the football. You know, Justin Herbert, 
13 to 4 TD to interception ratio. Uh, Jared Goff is, has a 12 to 5 interception ratio. So I think getting after the passer is going to be crucial. This is a offense who has a really good offensive line, the fifth best protection rate in the league. Only 16 sacks given up in 312 dropbacks, less than the league average at 5.1%. That is great. Um, big reason for that is Amon Ron St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, these guys always seem to be open. With as well-rounded as an offense this is overall, they do have one, and I think pretty glaring weakness, their inability to consistently score touchdowns in the red zone. Um, which I think is a, a big strength of the Chargers. Now, Detroit's offense, only 25, 25th in the league in red zone percentage. Chargers' defense is not necessarily great in that regard either, just 16th in red zone possession uh, or percentage. So I think for me, the key here, being able to get after um, Jared Goff, taking away his number one option in Amon Rice St. Brown, uh, getting after him, forcing him into making some bad pays, Flipping the script and, and dealing with short yardage, giving that back to the the def- or the offense like we saw last year or last game, um, that's going to be clutch. And, and those are my keys that I'm focusing on, on on how to attack this offense. You know, one of the strengths that I think we have defensively is our ability to stop the run. I think this is a much better offensive line than we've played so far. Maybe you take out the Chiefs. Uh, but, David, I think a major issue with this team at, at, in the red zone has been – David Montgomery being out because early on in the season, like as a goal line back, like he's that guy, Uh, you know, he's, he's like 225, 235 pounds, somewhere in between there. And as a, a, uh, just a mauler in, in, in the run game, like as a guy that you want to turn out those short yardage, that's what Montgomery has really excelled at throughout his entire career. I think they're going to get that figured out. And I just think having that power back makes them less one-sided offensively than they were beforehand. So that's one of those things that we're going to have to watch. This I feel like this is the best test. This is the best litmus paper. I probably said that wrong. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's it's the best way to go and see just how good our defense could actually be because we beat up in back-to-back weeks on some really bad offenses. And now we built up that momentum. What are we going to look like against a team that is really quality across the entire offense? Uh, defensively, I don't think they're nearly as good. Um, Aiden Hutchinson has really turned into the Joey Bosa kind of player that he was, everybody saw him as coming out of college, coming out of Michigan. He's leading the team in pressures, 46 pressures. Um, but it's really just him. John Kaminsky, Alan McNeil, and Charles Harris round out that group. Um, if, if they're getting pressure, it's going to be primarily through one single player because the rest of their guys just aren't really as good at getting after the quarterback. Um, take a look at this you know, depth chart on the defensive side of the ball. Is there any of these guys that you're actually kind of worried about? I feel like yeah. their number one guy is just one guy. It's, it's Aiden Hutchinson, and all these other guys just not quite as good. Yeah, um, I, I think Aiden Hutchinson is a phenomenal player getting, you know, coming into his sophomore season. Um, a really coveted draft pick when he came out uh, last year. I, I, I think that's their, you know, their star. He make, he makes that defense click. Um, I'm taking a look. I don't see a bad unit, just a very young unit. You got a lot of young guys contributing. Um, yeah, you got Aiden Hutchinson, but both of their first, uh, two of their first round picks, you know, Jack Campbell, that first rounder, Brian Branch is their nickelback, uh, early, you know, big early on selections for the lions. They even got Broderick Martin. There's the third round pick who's in that D tackle um, rotation. So I don't see a bad unit, just a young unit who is learning, developing and trying to establish an identity. Um, With that, I see some things that we could poke at. Um, Justin Herbert has coming off of his worst game as a, as a professional, only two 300 yard passing games on the year. This is a secondary that, Yes, it's the NFL. You're not going to take anybody for granted. But this is a secondary. If I'm Justin Herbert, I'm looking like I might have a a fun game. I'm looking for my third 300 passing yard game, spreading it out, giving everybody involved. Um, This is a secondary that I think is susceptible. And I'm excited to see the offense get back into their ways uh, because I haven't seen a good offensive performance in in a couple weeks from from that unit. 
Yeah, it's really not the best. I, it's it's a young group, and and I think them losing CJ Gardner Johnson early in the season That's was huge. a big, big loss for them. Um, but even Jack Campbell, who was their first round pick, who was one of my favorite linebackers this entire draft class, uh, he I think he was the only linebacker that went in the first round way before everybody else. He hasn't even been needed a whole lot because they've got Alex Anzalone there, uh, who actually leads the team in pass breakups. This is not a secondary that is exceptionally good right now. Um, they're starting. They're, I'll just go through their starting defense real quick, and we can talk about it. Um, there are two starting edge rushers, Aiden Hutchinson and John Kaminsky. John Kaminsky is one of those tweener guys who can play outside at edge, or he can play, you know, inside as as their uh, three tech defensive tackle. He kind of moves around. He's kind of their Morgan Fox, who they don't really have a whole lot at edge right now, so they've moved him off. Uh, to edge. Uh, and then in the middle, they got Aline McNeil and Benito Jones. This is a true 4-3 defense. Um, at linebacker, they've got Derek Barnes and Alex Anzalone with Jack Campbell uh, spelling them, being kind of their rotational linebacker to keep those guys fresh. Cam Sutton comes over from the Steelers, not really a, a, a great cornerback, but just one of those plug-and-play kind of guys. Um, Jerry Jacobs is out there. I feel like Jerry Jacobs is a little underrated, but he's by no means like blowing, you know, taking star wide receivers out of the game. Brian Branch has been playing exceptionally well as a, a rookie, as a nickelback, as the guy that replaced CJ Gardner Johnson, probably wasn't expected to play as much as he was. Um, you know, he's a, he's a safety that kind of plays yeah. best in the slot. And that's where he did a lot of his work in Alabama. And then in the secondary, Tracy Walker, I think is probably their, um, their captain of that whole defensive group and Kirby Joseph, who's been in the league for a couple seasons now. It's not a great defense. I think it's just enough to get by. I'm really surprised they didn't try to make a, a couple more moves to get a little bit better on this side of the ball prior to the trade deadline. But this team can, you can, you can air it out. You can run against them. Um, they're, they, they, they're coached, kind of that gritty coach, one of those guys that wants to be really physical on the defensive side of the ball. They just don't have that quite built in yet. I feel like they're a good one or two seasons away. I feel like Brian Branch is going to eventually ascend to that stardom. Just They just need some more time to develop, and this is going to be a scary group with, with some of those young players, and they've spent a lot of draft capital. Josh Paschal was recently um, drafted. Aiden Hutchinson was recently drafted. Benito Jones, Jack Campbell, Brian Branch, all these guys drafted within the first three rounds in the last two seasons. So they've, they've really invested heavily on their the, the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's just, they're just not there yet. And they're a really good team. They're six and two and it shows. I just question whether or not they are a Super Bowl caliber team today. Well, a lot of room to to improve, and you know that looking defensively, this is a, a unit I don't want to play in four years. Um, happy to to play them this year. Um, the thing is, this is a very well rounded team. Their defense does enough, keeps them in games, and they don't really need to be lights out when you know you got an offense that could score thirty points uh, at will. With that, everybody needs to be on. This can't be a fragmented win. All four of our wins have either been offense carries defense doesn't show up or vice versa this cannot be that game we need flawless execution defensively special teams offense needs to have one of its best games of the year if not its best um because this is going to be a, a tough fight um this is this will be a legit test um five and four chargers i might start talking about i might back in on the back in on the 2023 season not quite there. This game is very scary to me. Um, I don't know what version of the Chargers we are going to get, but uh, three wins in a row is nothing to joke about, especially when that third one comes against a very quality team in the Detroit Lions. Uh, to close this game out and to close just kind of what we're talking about, this is a playoff team. They have a 95% chance to make the playoffs based off of their, they're going to win their division. I, I don't think the Packers are very good right now. I think the fact that the, uh, Vikings lost their quarterback is huge detriment to that team. And the Packers are just not really good. We'll be actually at that game next weekend. Is that next yeah, weekend? Yeah, it is. 
Um, so right now, Detroit is looking like they're going to make the playoffs right now. PFF has them at a 95% chance to make the playoffs that they're in. Us beating a playoff caliber team is going to be just essential to our 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 future, right? Like if we can beat a good team finally, like building momentum against little teams that you can beat up on, like the Bears, you know, like the Jets, and and I, I feel like the Jets are kind of a, a fringe playoff team. But if you can go and, and beat those a, a good team who's six and two, who's writing a lot right now, um, I, I feel like that'll just build more confidence in this team. One of the things we really haven't talked about the energy on the defense. These team, yeah. this this Chargers team is playing together, and I think that's a, a big aspect why in just two games we seem to have turned things around a bit. Even so, PFF does not like the Chargers right now. Mm-hmm. They currently have us as a uh, 22% chance of making the playoffs, 5% chance of winning the division. Uh, right now we have the third hardest strength to schedule to end the season. Um out of what's remaining, the sixth average wins, they expect us to win eight games, and they do not expect it. I feel like everybody's picking against us this game. We have the better quarterback. I feel like we have the better defense. I don't think we have as good of an offense today, but I feel like we have better players overall than they do. We'll yeah. take a look and just see exactly how this is going to end. Um, this is a normal Sunday game. I want to say it's at 1 p.m., 1 p.m. Uh, I was going to be at this game, but things happened, and now I'm not going. But give me your final score projection, yeah. and let's get out of here. Yeah, first, um, just w- my big keys, both offensively and defensively, winning the first two downs. Um, I, I We've been getting into too many third and longs. These, this, the offensive line, I'd like to see Kellen Moore make things simple for for Keenan Allen. And with that, I think winning on first and second down, making those third and manageables, uh, give, scheming him up so he doesn't have to put so much on his shoulders, that's going to be a key offensively. Defensively, I need that to happen because we're playing a very, very aggressive coach and, and Dan Campbell. Leads the league in fourth down attempts and conversions. Um, we are horrible on fourth down. Great on third down, horrible on fourth down. Reason is because we'll keep teams to third and eight, give up seven yards, and then we're giving up fourth and one. So if we can continue to dominate on those first and second downs, making sure that that third and long stays to a fourth and long, we're going to be in a good spot. I think this is going to be a firefight. I'm going 33-28 uh, Chargers. Uh, let me see it happen. I really do. I feel like this is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, this is going to be a real test for the defense. I think it's going to be both teams scoring in the 30s. Probably going to be like a, a 38-33 game. Um, I think we're going to lose this one. I, I think that we've built a lot of momentum, but I feel like they've also built a lot of momentum, and their momentum has been going a lot longer. Um, they've got things figured out. I think they have a good coach. I feel like when – when uh, uh, what's their coach's name? Jack Campbell, Dan Campbell. Uh, I feel like when Campbell took over this job, we thought it was just going to be a dumpster fire, but he's, yeah. he's turned this team around. I, I, he's, he's funny. Um, but no, he has, I think he's a phenomenal coach. I thought he was kind of a fad, just kind of said things quirky just to do things, but he, he believes it. That is just part of his personality. And I love it. He has something funny. Um, just kind of into your point, uh, how like just, He's just a different guy, but these are—he's a different guy. I—I I gave him so much shit when he was talking about gnawing on kneecaps. Yeah, he's a weird guy, but um, but he's been up- a phenomenal coach, and he's built a a true powerhouse and a team that's built to win for the long haul. They're gonna run that division for a long time. No, but um. No, I think it's a good team, and Dan Campbell is a, a good man to lead this team. Um, I just thought it was funny in a press conference they were asking him about, you know, his aggressive nature versus Staley's aggressive nature. What do you anticipate seeing when two aggressive coaches clash? And his response, you know, I think both of us will just become very conservative this game. That's what we're going to do. You know, I haven't talked to him about it, but we'll see if we'll just call off the dogs. Like, no, you're not. But <laughs> why are you saying that? It's just funny. This is a game I'm expecting Brandon Staley to really be super aggressive. And I feel like this is going to be one of those games where people are going to be questioning his decisions. 
I'm fine with that. I want to go back to playing to win, not playing not to lose. Uh, well, I feel I like we... against teams where you're going to get in a firefight against, I feel like these types of games is when you have to be aggressive because you know that, like, I felt like the last two weeks were a lot more conservative because we had no faith in their offense to to go and score uh, points. If I think that I turn if I turn this ball over here and I think that they're going to score, I'm going to go for it. And I feel like that's that type of game that this is going to be. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, well, two weeks from now we're going I to hope Green Bay, is. man. All, we are going to Green Bay. All I was going to say about the aggressive thing i hope this is an aggressive game i hope both teams go for it a lot in third fourth down conversions because i think that's going to benefit the better defense which i think is the chargers with that back to your statement we are going to green bay i am so excited tickets are bought um i've been talking about it for the last three weeks or so um i can't wait to get out to green bay got all my winter clothes ready to go um i'm bringing a little sunshine with me and i hope we get a, a dub because the packers are not good at all i uh i was checking the weather it's going to be looking like it's going to be in the high 40s while we're there we're about a week out from from this uh and dude just the uh, the chance to go to lambo see all that history uh and i'd much rather go when they're a bad team because i want to win while we're there so i could talk shit to a bunch of cheeseheads. that's fun I do want to say stat of the day. Um, do you know that the Chargers are undefeated when both you and I are in attendance? <laughs> Look at that. That is very true. <laughs> so, that's that's a good stat. Chargers, if you want to win, you want a Super Bowl, get me and Tyler out there every single game. Uh, I don't I'm sick of this fan of the year. I don't know where we found this Minnesota fan, but we're your guys. If you want to win, call us. <laughs> undefeated while in attendance together knock on wood i don't know we at sofi at least at sofi maybe we'll just keep the sofi thing going all right let's go ahead and get out of here man <laughs>